Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. Welcome to Andy Staples on three. Happy Saturday night. It has been quite a day in college football. A lot of chalk, but one incredibly shocking result that on the verge of the first college football playoff ranking really kind of makes things interesting because, you know, Jesse Simonson, we get all these questions about what if all these leagues finish with an undefeated champ? Well, they're not going to because the Big 12 is going to have a champion that has at least one loss because all the teams in the Big 12 now have at least one loss thanks to Oklahoma's loss at Kansas. Yeah, yeah, there was a lot of uh, consternation and, and, you know, content created, I think, specifically in the last two weeks about this supposed chaos scenario, the five undefeated champs, who would get left out, who would get snubbed? No, Andy, we're looking at a chaos Big 12. Yes, yes. <laughs> That's what and, we're looking at. And potentially more chaotic as you go because you've got Bedlam next week, which could be the last Bedlam for a long, long time. Because Oklahoma State doesn't want to play Question anymore. Mark. <laughs> yep. You've got Kansas State, Texas. If Kansas State wins, they – it puts them in the driver's seat for the Big 12 championship game, sort of, because they have a loss to Oklahoma State, which is still controlling in the mix. In the mix. They've got one conference loss. Iowa State is just not out there taking yet. care of business. <laughs> it's just out there. And then, and, it, and then Kansas. 
I it's it's you know again we've we've ourselves included we've talked a lot about the carnage in the Pac-12 and the, you know these teams cannibalizing each other in November. I think we're we're setting up for the exact same thing in the, in the Big 12. I mean, today, you are right. Today did go chalk, but I think we also as chalky as it was, I think we also confirmed either some things or learned some things. I think a lot of folks thought that the Sooners were maybe a little bit of a paper tiger. They had the awesome win against Texas, but then you have the kind of that game against Cincinnati where you go, uh, and then last weekend against UCF really kind of, you know, popped up the antennas. The run mm-hmm. defense is not very good. They were super sloppy today, had over a hundred yards of penalties, several turnovers. You know, I thought they were going to get got out of at Oklahoma State next weekend. That was the one that I had circled. But now that this loss happened, it's just the, the, the dominoes, who knows? I mean, Texas, they took care of business today against BYU. Malik Murphy was just okay. They're in for it next weekend because Kansas State is just annihilating teams. They have not allowed a touchdown, Andy, in nine quarters. And they did it differently today. Today, it was not Avery Johnson and Will Howard. It was Will Howard had the hot hand, so they stuck with him. Avery Johnson did not play as well. So you you don't know what you're going to get if you're Texas next week. And Oklahoma, like Oklahoma State messed around with Cincinnati for two and a half quarters and then blew them out in the third quarter. Yeah, I mean, it, it, this is this is a a very it, it has become an extremely competitive and interesting league. I don't think the way it looks right now, I'm not sure there's a college football playoff contender here because I don't think Oklahoma is one, even if they do win out, because I just don't think that they've been overly impressive writ large. Um, but we'll see. Texas, I mean, Kansas, Texas win over Alabama helps, but Texas has to keep. Winning. It does. Exactly. Yeah. Texas and 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 if and if Texas can take care of business again against the Kansas State team that in the last three weeks has just blown the doors off people. Like you said, Will Howard was fantastic today. He had one incompletion in the first half, 150 some odd yards, two scores. Uh, you know, they, they got that two headed tailback. They got the Ward kid from Florida State, Gibbons. You know, they they are a, a solid football team. And Chris Kleiman, he likes that they have this, you know, kind of Lunch pail will show up anytime, anywhere. Let's find out next week. It's going to be a big game. Yeah, that is going to be a fun one. But let, let's talk about this Oklahoma-Kansas game a little bit because, oh, by the way, North Carolina Georgia Tech still happening. North Carolina just fumbled. Georgia Tech takes over up four with 2.54 to go. So uh, we'll, we'll talk about that one when it ends. But so this game, I, I did an instant reaction video, and the Oklahoma fans were all over Jeff Levy. For being very conservative. Remember, Oklahoma intercepts a screen pass with a with basically like two minutes to go, or well, with with about th- three and a half, four minutes to go, and second turn, second pick in the fourth quarter. Yes, and they don't do anything with it. They go negative two yards in three plays, three and out, and then they punt. And everybody's killing Jeff Levy for being conservative on that series. How about kill your defense? For letting Kansas go 80 yards in 61 seconds. That's why you lost. It's not because they went conservative offensively. You lost because you let Kansas go through you like a hot knife through butter. Yeah. And I I mean, I, it was, I thought it was just kind of a complete team meltdown because the offense did not play particularly well early. 
And then the defense could not, again, they could not stop the run at all for the entire game. And, and, you know, credit to the backup quarterback, you know, he made two big mistakes in the fourth quarter, but he led them down the field. He had that touchdown drive where it looked like he was Usain Bolt running down the sideline uh, there in the early in the second half. I mean, you know, the fact that you beat Oklahoma for the first time in 19 years without Jalen Daniels is rather remarkable. I think you said it on your live show. I wrote it uh, in kind of some takeaways from what this game meant. You know, the the check for Lance Leopold just went up. You know, the price yeah, just yeah. went up. I mean, his his agent uh, is going to be fielding calls from Michigan State and others. And Kansas fans don't want to hear that after their biggest program win and, you know, several decades. But kudos to him and what he's done with that team and that school it's remarkable and i don't think we can call jason being the backup quarterback anymore i think we we got to call the starting quarterback because jalen daniels been out for a while you kind of wonder jalen daniels only played in three games cam rising 2.0 yeah he could redshirt he could be somewhere else next year or back at kansas next year depending on how things go and i think that's the the thing you got to think about and then, and then still, he's there. If he wants to take part in the rest of the season, if he feels healthy enough, he can do that too. So I the, the job that Leipold's done there is absolutely remarkable because you got to remember, he got it the day of the spring game in 2021. They, they fired Les Miles in the spring because it was all that stuff that was coming out about what happened at, at LSU when Les Miles was the coach. So they fire Les Miles and Jeff Long the AD at, at Kansas at the same time. And it just, I, I mean, I cannot believe how quickly Lance Leipold turned them into a winner. It's not like they're this cute little story. Like they straight up beat Oklahoma today. And they're, they straight up beat Oklahoma and they're going to back-to-back bowl games for the second in for back-to-back seasons for the second time ever. And this is up off a program that he inherited that went 0-9 off that tire fire from Les Miles. And then to take over after the spring, to beat Texas in year one, you know, to get college game day and get them ranked last season to where they're 6-2 and two now. Um, it, it is. You were, use the word, and it's not hyperbolic. It is legitimately remarkable what he has done with perhaps, I think, when he inherited it, the most moribund program in the country at that time. Yeah, and they had, you know, serious scholarship deficit, all of the stuff that they had to deal with. And I mean, they're they're not just plucky, like they are legit good. And you know, last year they started and they run really fun stuff. Yes, they're fun I mean, to they watch. They run like the quarterback, they run like a quarterback reverse pitch and he, you know, to the to the Wildcat quarterback and he's throwing it. I mean, it's they're fun. Yeah. By the way, Tez Walker was was the player on that North Carolina play, he's still down and uh, Mac Brown's out there and it's been a while. So we'll, we'll, we'll let you know as that goes on too. But this is just one of those things that the big 12 is going to maybe eat itself. The PAC 12 might eat itself. I don't know this was another, you know, we, we can get to Washington and Stanford because Washington barely survived Stanford, got lucky that they dropped a pass on a fourth down play where, where they could have probably done it. Uh, Tez Walker is up there. They're helping him off the field. It, it, I'm sure he's 
done for the night. I hope hope he's all right. But let, let's talk about the the premier game in the Pac-12 on Saturday, and that was Oregon Utah, and it was never close. Oregon just smashed Utah. They rolled down the field in the first series, Andy, and you could just tell this was going to be a long, long afternoon for the Utes. They'd won 29 to 30 at Rice Eccles. That place is a house of horrors. And yet, you know, the Bo Nicks road, road woes or whatever you want to call them, you know, that, that, uh, that whole theme died today because he was, he was brilliant in the first half, three total touchdowns, I think. And, and Oregon's defensive line just controlled mm-hmm. the line of scrimmage. I mean, Utah could not do anything on the ground. Bryson Barnes, the pig, the pig farmer was a was a fun was a fun story for a week. But you know, he got put back in the pen today because he just got hounded uh, by the Ducks. You know, all all afternoon. Well, and you kept wondering how long Utah was going to be able to put it together and and string you can only this duck offense together so long, right? And and I thought after they lost to, to Oregon state that everybody kind of had the blueprint, but it didn't work out that way. They, they wound up reeling off some wins, but Oregon just flat out better. And Oregon does seem to be on a mission to get back to, to playing against Washington. I, I kind of think Oregon and the Beavers, like the, the Beavers may be the thing standing in the way. They may be the only thing standing in the way. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I don't, where, how do you feel on this? To me, Oregon, they have the loss to Washington heads up. I think they're the best team in the Pac-12. I think there's a good chance of that. We get, we need to see them beat Washington because Washington won that game fair and square. But I absolutely do think if we see that again, that there's a really good chance that Oregon wins that game, especially it'll be in Vegas. It wouldn't be in, in Seattle. So – I'm excited about the way the Pac-12 is going to finish up. The There's not much else to say about the Oregon-Utah game. Bo Nix was awesome. Efficient again. 248 yards passing on 24 and 31. Two touchdowns. Uh, Bucky Irving, 83 yards on 14 carries. They, they carried 27 times for, 242, or for 142 yards. Three TDs. It was, they were super efficient today. Defensively, they played great. Like that, that That's really all you need to say. They whipped... Utah. Elsewhere in the Pac-12, and this is a team that has to play Washington and and Oregon, and we thought was going to be a contender. USC survives Cal in a game that started off delayed by a protest, as one would expect in Berkeley. Jesse, do you know, do you remember why the protest was happening? I actually did not see what this protest was about. Do, oh, this 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 in. is a this is a good one. Okay. So there was a professor suspended for allegedly stalking another professor. And the protest was... We got a lifetime original breaking out here. Yeah, the protest was in support of the professor who was accused of stalking. This professor, professor, by the way, according to, I guess, the investigative reports, did admit to some light stalking. (laughs) Or possibly some heavy stalking. And so... Now, I will uh, repeat, the protest was in favor of the professor doing the stalking, stalking, not the one getting stalked. So there you go, higher education. Uh, but game starts, Cal races out to a lead. They were up, I think, 28-13 in the second quarter and had a lead toward the end. They end up 
getting within one could have kicked the extra point and gone to overtime, but decide to go for two and win the game. And they lose, they don't get the two and they lose. Uh, but USC is not what they were supposed to be. It's just an, another embarrassing performance by their defense. Like Washington is going to destroy that defense. Well, I, I know you were in, I think Ari Wasserman, your, your former uh, podcast buddy. <laughs> we were in the same the press box. In, yes. in the same press box today in Jacksonville. I think his favorite, uh, you know, word for these sorts of games is grab ass. This game yeah. was the grab ass game. I mean, I don't know. The USC gave up 550 yards again. They they actually had four takeaways, but they needed 21 unanswered points in the fourth quarter to beat a legitimately terrible Cal team. We should also note that Wilcox went for two. Mm-hmm. correctly so because what you don't have anything to lose the ESPN yeah. Galloway and Matt Barry were you know saying kick the extra point no go for the win like he like had nothing yeah to you, lose. you've so been they, getting he, hammered he in could, the fourth quarter yeah so right so you do could that. have tied, it could have tied the game and gone to overtime but he, he goes for the win and and you know the, the Trojans finally get a key stop they what's the, the most annoying thing about these things Andy isn't that it's just the same performance you know each week it's that each week Lincoln Riley then goes in his post-game press conferences and, and says these bizarre statements that like, we're, we're right there. We're close. Yeah. And no, you're not I, close. I think, and you play Washington and Oregon back to back. I mean, it's just, dude, read the room, man. Say less. Well, at some point he has to explain why he he's kept Alex Grinchel around. And I mean, like people close to him have told him for your sake and for Alex Grinch's sake, you need, this was, you know, last off season, you need to get rid of him because the longer he's here and under this microscope, it gets worse for him when he goes to try to find another job. This was and pre it, four, 500 yard game showing. Yeah. Jenna, Jenna says USC needs to recruit a defensive line. <laughs> Riley is an offensive line. No, he's not. They don't have a good offensive line either. No, they don't. And they did. They they finally at least gave Marshawn Lloyd double digit carries tonight. He had like a buck fifteen on sixteen carries. Uh, I mean, they're they're unserious, and they technically are alive in the Pac-12 because they have just the one Pac-12 loss. But yeah, unserious. How much the is team Michael that they Penix going to throw? Weeks, how much is Michael Penix going to throw for against them next week? Uh, yeah, probably four hundred, and but and Bo Nix and and Bucky Irving and company will rack up six hundred yards on them too. Yeah. Oh, it's it's going to be ugly. It is going to be now. So they ugly. they will score. I will say this: they will score on the Huskies because the Huskies have warts defensively. They yeah. Kalen DeBoer. Kalen DeBoer was concerned coming into the season that they had a lack of depth, and they've suffered a few injuries. Haven't been significant ones, but you start losing some numbers, and suddenly you see these performances in back-to-back weeks where it's like uh what's going on fellas mm-hmm. well let's talk washington they they beat stanford 42 33 it was much closer than than that score indicates stanford had a fourth down play with about three minutes to go ran a trick play basically the ball was dropped and that's what happened oh Georgia Tech is going to beat North Carolina, by the way. They've run for about 250 yards in the fourth quarter. The LSU. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about that in a second. But Washington survives Stanford. This is the second week in a row. Washington 
has gotten very close to losing to a team it had no business losing to. It was Arizona State last week. This week at Stanford. I, it's not this one can't be blamed on a hangover following the the Oregon win. Like legitimate concerns for the Huskies right now. Yeah, I mean, you gave up, I think, you talk about how many yards uh, Michael Penix is going to throw. I mean, Caleb Williams, again, I think he's going to match whatever Penix does because the Huskies gave up, I think, almost 370 or something to Daniels tonight at Stanford. And he's not some – you're ranking all the awesome quarterbacks in the Pac-12. You're naming 10 or 12 names before you get to Ashton Daniels yes. in that conference. And so – the fact that you have that performance, he, he can run the ball really well. He's a guy that can really hammer teams with his legs, but he is not known for being a prolific passer and for him to put up that kind of performance on Washington's secondary. Again, you know what their trap game is going to be in a couple of weeks is, you know, they, they're going to still have to go bang heads with Utah. Yeah, and, and exactly. That's, and, that, and, that's and Utah's going to be where, able to score on them, unlike Oregon. Right, right. And so that's – that that's going to be an interesting. We, we could see much like the Pac-12, the, the 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 carnage could continue here. Yeah, and as we speak, you know Arizona's kicking off to Oregon State in the second quarter, and Arizona's up ten seven. That's a game that bears watching as well. There's a lot lot to talk about, a lot going on. Let let's talk about the ACC because we just saw North Carolina go down to Georgia Tech, so two losses in a row for North Carolina. Remember. Jesse, do you remember, well, I don't know, eight days ago when we thought North Carolina and Florida State would both be undefeated in the ACC championship game? Eight days ago, I think it was North Carolina, Florida State, Duke, and Louisville all had zero ACC losses. <laughs> and now and now Duke's lost twice, uh, two more times. You got How'd Louisville lose to Pitt? I realize, it's, you, I realize it was right after they beat Notre Dame, but – you saw Pitt go to Notre Dame and get annihilated. That you want to talk about, like uh, witnessing a murder. I know that's not the ACC. That's the it's ACC. A snuff film. You know, that it's, was the ACC. You know, step, yeah. ACC adjacent. ACC stepsister. What the Irish did today. That's like not suitable for work type stuff. I mean, yeah. it was a bodying. But to this game. North Carolina, it has been a house of horrors for them going to Georgia Tech. This is now back-to-back -back losses also to Brent Key and the Tech. Yellow Jackets. Uh, th their, their defensive improvements, you know, RIP. Gene Chizik mm. was getting a lot of acclaim two weeks ago for some of the strides that group has made. And now Virginia last week drops 30-something on them. You get hammered for 250 alone in the fourth quarter on the ground. Yikes, Tar Heels. Yikes. Yeah, and, and I hope uh, hope Tez Walker's going to be okay. It was a kind of a scary scene there at the end. It looked like he was out. And uh, so hopefully he'll be all right. But that, I mean, they're – what's the ACC – okay, well, one thing. Florida State hadn't beaten Wake Forest since 2018. Came out and blew the doors off the Demon Deacons on Saturday. They looked great. Florida State seems to look better and better every week. So – we can assume, even if Florida State were to slip up to Miami, we should probably assume Florida State's in the in the ACC championship. But who's opposite them? Is it Louisville? I think it probably is Louisville, don't you think? Because they, they they just played 
They shut out Duke. Duke did not run a play in the Louisville red zone. Yeah, and I think that that might I, – I don't remember exactly the rest of Louisville's schedule, but I think because it's I not, know they avoid North Carolina – right, because they avoid North Carolina, Florida State, it doesn't matter with Clemson, whatever, we can talk about them. Mm-hmm. The existential crisis they're, they're about to go through uh, or are going through <laughs> currently. Um, I, I think it's I – would, I would at least lean towards – Louisville, Miami though still is in the mix because they survived right. a massive and, and they, scare today. They play. They, uh, Miami survived Virginia. Louisville and Miami play on November eighteenth, so you okay. do get to see that game, which you know may have something to do with with all of this. Which wouldn't it be wild if if it's two Florida State Miami games? But I don't think that's going to happen because I think Louisville's not. Louisville might not lose another one. It's hard to trust the Canes. Yeah. I mean, like, would you know the they, they pl- the way they played last weekend, and then you, you see them today, and you know they were losing for the majority of that game to Virginia. Yeah. Uh, the ACC is wild. I mean, Clemson, another loss, Whoa. just a horrible loss. They have four Kate conference Clemson. losses in o- it's October still. How's this how, possible? How, how, how much do you think? DJU's dad and DJU are just smiling about all those stories last season. And then they came out this offseason and they 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 put their name in front of it and they were like, what Dabo and that offense is doing was limiting me. It was limiting our team. And that's why I decided to leave. Mm-hmm. Dabo clearly picked K Klubnik over DJ at the end of last season, which also obviously prompted the transfer. But Klubnik ain't it. That offense, it doesn't. Garrett Riley, it looks like exactly the same as what they were doing a year ago. Yeah, I'm not sure they're letting no Garrett different. Riley call his own offense. Uh, they probably it, it said, looked, "Here, you're, you, you call this offense," which, yeah, it's, it's ugly. And you know, Dabo said it on his radio show the other night, a couple weeks ago. You got to lose a couple to get the bandwagon. The people to jump off the bandwagon. Well, they're off. Don't worry, they're off now. You got the true it's believers leaking. with you now. I think that bandwagon is leaking oil fast. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so JD, the guitarist in the chat says Clemson loss makes LSU or makes, makes FSU look worse. Yeah, but FSU's killing people and they did beat LSU as well. So that helps. Yeah, I, I think the, the, the fact that the ACC seems even more watered down two weeks later than it was when they were also talking about you know, potential tie break scenarios atop the ACC. If all these teams finished undefeated, Uh, I just think if Florida state wants to make the playoff, they do need to go unscathed because the, the, this, this conference now has kind of, it's sinking more towards the Mm -hmm. middle from where it was a couple of weeks ago. Right. And like the most respectable team left on their schedule that you could lose to, I I think is Miami because by the time Florida gets to them, that record's not going to look real good. And right. Yeah, so I don't I don't think there's any anything they can do but go undefeated, which again the playoff picture ahead of the first ranking on Tuesday night feels like it is sorting itself out already. Go go, go let's talk about the team that, that, that you watched live today. Let's shall let's do that. So I was at I was at the Florida Georgia game in Jacksonville, Florida roars down the field, great opening script, scores a touchdown. Holds Georgia to a field goal in its first possession, and then Georgia just 
demolishes the Gators from that point forward. It was Florida goes forward on a fourth down on the next possession, fourth and inches instead of tush push. They run, they snap it between Graham Mertz's legs to Trevor Etienne, who could have run or thrown and instead got tackled. And then Georgia just turns the afterburners on and that's it. Now it was a legitimately stupid play, but it was a legitimately cool play. It was a it was a great idea. You got to go for it on fourth down there in that situation because you're you're not as good as them. They are more talented. You have to take chances, but you have a six five, two hundred something pound quarterback. Like you can push push him. And Zion Logue, the the Georgia defensive tackle, was like, we we were sure they were going to do the Eagles thing. So that's interesting. I didn't I didn't see that after. But here's a stat for you. After so they also ran that double reverse that got blown up mm-hmm. a couple of plays earlier on that very drive. So they dialed yeah. up two trick plays on that drive. Yeah. That was on after a first that down drive, that kind of stalled it out. Yeah. Right. After that, after that blown up fourth down, Andy, Florida had 16 plays over their next four drives. And this is just game. This is just when it became game over 16 plays over the next four drives. They netted a minus 24, <sighs> negative 24 yards. They went punt, another turnover on downs, sack, fumble, safety. I mean, this was – Georgia looked for the first time all season like the unquestioned best team in America. This is like what Michigan has been doing to lesser Big Ten Ten opponents, just straight bludgeoning them. You know, I mean, what was it, 36 36 unanswered points? Yeah. you know, to really, to really just put the game away. Carson Beck with a great, you know, big time home awesome, back in Jacksonville. Yeah. You're, you're worried about no Brock Bowers, but Carson Beck looked great. They spread the ball around. Lad McConkey was fantastic. He was basically whenever they needed Lad McConkey to make a big catch, he did. Yeah. And his, and his, that, that first touchdown he had where he, you know, somehow saw the field peeled back left and then just yeah. raced. I mean, that was a great play. Ra Ra Thomas. Uh, or excuse me, Dominic Lovett. Yeah, Dominic a, Lovett had, had a nice catches. Yep. Um, and you know, Kendall Milton and and Dejon Edwards just kind of gra- Georgia's offensive line. They have done this the last couple of seasons. And this is again, what did we learn or what was confirmed the last couple of years, Andy? Uh, as someone that we've watched this Georgia team so closely, they have turned up this gear coming out of the bye week. Yeah. It kind of started with this Florida game. And then it kind of propels the rest of the ball. Now we'll find out if it's sustainable, but what they did today is similar to what happened the last couple of seasons. Oh, there's consternation or worried that the pass rush isn't there. They come out today and they have five sacks and they hound Graham Mertz. That was the first, by the way, first fumble recovery they've gotten all season. Right. And I, and Kirby kind of talked about that afterwards about, you know, they'd been been a little bit snake bit there, but they come up with that. The offensive line, finally just started pushing and Florida's got a good front seven. Florida has a shaky secondary, but their front seven uh, with those two transfers inside Cam Jackson, Shamar, you know, at linebacker, I know he was kind of, you know, banged up before the game, but thanks he played. The, most yeah. Of the thanks game. to the turf, apparently. Thanks to the turf. Yeah. But I mean, that was, it was a, it was an impressive performance and one that I think Georgia needed to show. So before the game, I guess Dan Mullen on one of the halftime shows, picked Florida to beat Georgia. 
Dan Mullen, former Florida coach, hasn't said a lot of nice things about the Gators this 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 year uh, in his in his role at ESPN. But he picks him to beat Georgia, and somebody asked Kirby Smart about that after the game, and oh boy. And I don't I don't see it or hear it, but I know it's out there. Somebody texted me before the game. It's like all these people predicting that uh, that we're not gonna you know we're, we're not gonna uh, win today, and I'm just like, golly, you know, where's that coming from? Supposed to be my friend. <laughs> he didn't like to recruit though, so it's, it's, it's all, it gets him. I'd like to report talk about witnessing a murder. One eight seven. Good lord! Remember, it was there two years ago that Kirby Smart gives the you can't out scheme talent speech in that press conference, and then poor David Waters the following Monday tries to lob a softball to Dan Mullen about recruiting to get Dan Mullen to say, yeah, we're still recruiting too. And Dan Mullen pulls the, we'll talk about recruiting when it's recruiting time. When it's recruiting season. And then, yeah. and then, and then throws a hissy fit. And that's what everybody knew it was over at that point. It was done. And that's not what, great. Not great. But that's what Florida's up against that. They are trying to reach that level of talent. They have to recruit to it. Their youngest players probably are their best players right now. The, the, the best players seem to be the ones that, that Billy Napier has brought into the program for the past two years. The question is, will they be patient enough with him for as long as it takes to get enough recruiting classes so that that game is more even? Because the, the talent gap is, a, is the Grand Canyon right now. Well, yeah, and the other question is, and I like Billy a lot, but the other question that you have to kind of pose when you're talking about this, Andy, is the plan makes sense. We're going to recruit and and play and and build our program in the image of Georgia. But Correct. can you do that? Can you do that while Georgia isn't is being it's Georgia? Not like you're there yeah. for, yeah, it's yeah. not like they're pre you can't press pause on what's happening in Athens and press fast forward on what's happening in Gainesville. It doesn't right. work that way. And so right. that that's kind of the, the big existential crisis that Florida fans and the Florida people are ha having to deal with is Billy's play Billy's accumulating talent. He's going to sign a top five class this year. Georgia mm -hmm. has the number one class. Yep. But I mean, that's what how Alabama make, was. How do you make Alabama was still signing? number one classes and Georgia was signing top two or three classes and Georgia surpassed them. So if you, if you do it right and you evaluate, right, then you, you can do it. It's, it's been done, but it takes, it, it will take more time because the situation Kirby inherited at Georgia, there was a lot more talent there. Mark Rick left a lot more a, talent the, behind the, the Canyon. It's, I think it's two, we're talking about two, different canyons you're talking about yes. the, the grand canyon right now between georgia and florida and like a, yeah. a, a tiny little you know the, the difference with it i i think yeah it's almost apples to oranges to me oh yeah yeah because mark rick left kirby smart a ton of nfl talent like that roquan smith yeah nick chubb sony michelle, sony michelle exactly Lorenzo they, they, carter they i mean yeah yeah but the sec is going to get interesting georgia's schedule that looked so easy at the beginning of the year, the next three games don't look easy at all. They've got Missouri, Ole Miss. Now, both of those are at home, and then they're at Tennessee. I would worry about them in this stretch. Like, if they can get through this undefeated, they'll be fine. 
like they're going to go into the playoff and they probably going to three peat. But this this will be a tough stretch for them. And 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 you know they need to be tested. You know they 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 were able to kind of skate by and and now we'll see. I mean Ole Miss took care of business today against Vanderbilt. Quinshawn Judkins back to back precise 124 yard two touchdown performances. He's found kind of found his groove after a really slow start. Listen up, I won't sugarcoat it. This is the longest cold flu and allergy season we've ever seen, but we're not alone. We've got Instacart. Sure, you may be a coughing snot faucet who just wants mommy, but you're not giving up. Not when cold medicine, fragrant herbal teas, and honey shaped like bears can be delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. Now let's go win the sick playoffs. Daddy, I just want my soup. Oh, sorry, Sport App says it'll be here in, in a few minutes. <laughs> Instacart for the win. Tennessee, that, that today was, you know, I did not expect a shootout against Kentucky. That was the best Joe Milton's looked. That's the best Joe season. Milton and the best Devin Leary have looked. Yes, Devin Leary helping out my QB uh, QB score mm. there, our QB well, draft score. And Jaden Daniels is finally, off this week, so I'm screwed. He, fi- he finally gave me a nice game uh, after throwing up some stinkers. Yeah, Tennessee's defense was bad today. Josh Heifel needs to quit bitching about the officials. I mean, that's just, you know, he did another – he's just not going to endear himself with that with that group when he continues to kind of show him up in the post-game press conferences. Um, and there was some and, missed holds again. But, what, are you, what are you complaining about? You, yeah, you exactly. He won. But Milton, I thought, was impressive. He took care of the ball. He, he only had a couple incompletions. Tennessee's always going to be able to run the ball. Um, you know, they, they Dylan Sampson and, and Jalen Wright well, were just here, a two-headed the tandem. Lost their left guard and left tackle during the game tonight. Still ran 47 times for 253 yards and two touchdowns. That was impressive. That was very good. And and they and did. salted the game away with the run when they needed to. Four-minute offense won the game. And right. they didn't that, – that's not a team I would expect to be able to do that. And they did, which was very impressive. Yeah, I agree. What – what that's uh... – and they, you know they host; they're still in the mix. You know they do have two losses, so they're going to need a lot of help. But they could at least play spoiler, and they host Georgia in a couple weeks on Rocky Top. Well, and that's the thing; like that, they've just got to hope that Missouri or Ole Miss comes through and and can can beat Georgia. I don't like the problem is we've yet to see that old Art Bryles offense beat a Nick Saban or Kirby Smart coached defense we haven't seen it yet so i'm sure it'll happen eventually but it seems like a bad stylistic matchup and there's also there's also kind of you know notions out there andy that the more these sec teams see this defense the more they have kind of caught on Mm -hmm. and that's kind of been some of tennessee's you know offensive struggles this year particularly in the passing game that Folks have started to adjust a little bit to the tempo. They understand some of the wide hashes. It's not, you know, it's not, oh, we haven't ever seen seen this before, like the triple option. You know, you, you face it a couple times and you suddenly have some, you, you're able to read your keys a little easier and get some beats on stuff. So they also have to play Missouri too. You know, there's exactly, there's, that's, there's, an, that's another these, tricky one. And these, that one's in Columbia. Could all, yeah, these teams could all beat up on each other, so. It'll be it'll be fun to watch down the stretch. Again, if Georgia, 
I, I gotta tell you, Jesse, if Georgia plays the way they did on Saturday, they're gonna win these next three and they're going to they're gonna go to the SEC championship game. Oh, and I agree. be able to beat whoever they see in that in that game too, if they're playing like this. But we've seen variability with Georgia, whereas the previous two years we didn't see any variability. I agree. I agree. But uh, today, today they looked as impressive as, as any team, the way they just kind of, yeah, okay, you give up an opening script drive and then to just yep. completely stuff Florida into a locker for the next three quarters was, was a strong showing. It was great. Let's move to the Big Ten. Ohio State, Wisconsin. Ohio State lets them hang around. Then you have a very special Marvin Harrison Jr. catch for a touchdown. Like once again, we have him and you don't. You have no chance as long as we have him and you don't. And I think that applies to everybody they play until they play Michigan. Yeah, I mean they struggle to score twenty points again, Andy. That's and I know Wisconsin's defense is feisty, but I, they're not. They're not. I wouldn't call them good. Um, right. This is this is Ohio State is is kind of they're you know who they are. They're ill and they're 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 Iowa of the last couple of years only with the best player, the with best the, offensive with player. With the elite in offensive talent. Yeah. Yes. Well, specifically what like with specifically the best offensive player in America who happens to be a cheat code. Yeah. Uh and so, you know, I don't think it's gonna definitely be enough to beat Michigan, but they're winning by. I mean, they're they're you know, they're winning ugly, they're winning these grind out games. I, I don't. I really don't understand. Luke Fickle. I thought he had some plays today, punting there in the second half. I thought he should have gone. For, they got kind of screwed at the end of the first half with the overturned touchdown, and he still settles for a field goal. Um, you know, I don't know. You don't have. You don't have really anything to lose. You're almost. You know, the fifteen point underdog. I, I, you know, I kind of like Big Ten. Big Ten West is a mess, anyways. So I like Braden Locke. I feel like he's gotten comfortable since he took over for Mordecai, like it, it was very ugly in the Iowa game when he took over for Mordecai, but it feels like he's, he's more comfortable now. And I think he's better than Tanner Mordecai. He could be. And so the, the big 10 West can be very interesting because Wisconsin will have its say, but guess who's not out of this thing yet. The Cornhuskers of Nebraska, they beat Purdue 31, 14, they look better and better every week, Jesse, and they're on a nice little winning streak. They are one win away from bowl eligibility. And, and look, bowl eligibility for Nebraska is a fine goal. Be happy with that. Don't worry. If you get that, great. But they're going to get that. Like, they play, they play Michigan State next week. They should win that game. They play Maryland after that. Maryland just lost to Northwestern. Then they've got Wisconsin and Iowa. Like, they could win all of these games. They could go to the Big Ten championship game yes. and play Michigan again. Ooh, uh, and folks, they don't want to do that. But and folks, will, you know, folks will poo-poo the whole bowl eligibility thing. They haven't made a bowl since 2016. This Such would be a big deal. deal in Lincoln. Yeah, this would be a big deal, and it would be it would show a proof of concept in year one for Matt Rule. He's already recruiting better. Um, yeah, I, I don't think I don't think they'll probably I I doubt they win out, Andy, but I wouldn't be surprised if they win three or four. And, I mean, and, Maryland's going in all the wrong direction. Yeah. Iowa Iowa can't cough and get well Iowa's re- Iowa regressed to the mean with that loss to Minnesota because they kept 
you know, you look at like success rates, they kept having a lower net success rate every game and winning. You that that's not sustainable. Eventually that comes back around and evens out. So that's what's going on with Iowa. And uh Nebraska is just it's think about if they beat Minnesota. Think about if they don't turn the ball over as they're salting the game away against Minnesota. Like they're in the driver's seat in the West if that happened. Well, that's the difference. I mean, what Jeff Sims had four or five picks in like 30, 30 attempts. Yeah, I mean, they were going to lose Colorado, but yeah. Right, but I'm just saying like on, on the seat uh, in that Nebraska game and then or in the, the Minnesota, Minnesota game, game and then yeah. Colorado turns the ball over a million times. You lose those games. Suddenly you, you, you stop, you know, just handing your opponent free possessions and, and you're in these ball games. That that uh three three five defense, the Big Ten hadn't seen a whole lot of that, and and it seems to be working fairly well for the Coin Hustlers right now. Yeah, they've done a very good job. So I, I I'm really impressed with with this. And you know, it, look, it's not perfect. Are they are they any in any danger of going back to what the being what they were in the '90s? No, not right now. But this is a this is so much better than what they have been, where they were just losing all these one possession games that they shouldn't be losing and they should be happy with this right now. And and if they can get bowl eligible, get the 15 extra practices, it's a big deal. It is a very big deal. Uh, one more game in the big 10 that I, I wanted to talk about is Indiana Penn state because Penn state looked bad, bad, bad for most of this game. Uh, then you get the, the end of the game where Indiana goes conservative and then Penn State yes. finally throws deep. It's like it's like the end of Zoolander. I turned left. <laughs> uh, I mean, James Franklin almost let Ryan Day beat him twice. That's yeah. what this was. I mean, th- this team completely no-showed. Uh, Drew Allard was struggling. The defense was allowing an Indiana team that ranked last, last Andy in the, in the Big Ten in scoring to kind of roll up and down the field. And in the sequence that you're talking about, they get – Drew Allard throws his first career interception, just a chuck and duck. Mm-hmm. Indiana gets the ball basically inside the 20-yard line. Very similar to the Oklahoma-Kansas situation. It was. It was. It was very similar. And th- they didn't go backwards, but for a guy that's coaching for his job, Tom Allen had and the offense, I mean, they just completely turtled. They ran the ball on second and eight and third and eight kick a game tying field goal. Aller comes out three plays later. He throws a 57 yard strike to Lambert. And then it's a sack fumble for a safety and the game's over. So this score looks 33 to 24. It was 24, 24 inside of like a minute and a half or two minutes. Let me, let me throw a scenario at you that, that just happened. Oregon state, Arizona is going on as we speak. It's 10, 10, it's the final play of the half. Oregon State is lined up for a 34-yard field goal attempt. They fake it and get tackled. Do not score it. Like, you have to score a touchdown because the clock is going to run out. Jonathan Why do you Smith, fake there what you to doing? take the points? What you doing, Jonathan? I did not see that. Yeah, Jonathan Smith and Jed Fish, like, pointing to the locker room. Just like, everybody get in the locker room because we're not going to get any luckier than that. <laughs> Than them just faking a, wow. a field goal as time is running out in a half. So we'll see what happens in that game. But uh, one other result I would like to point out, Jesse, uh, 
we've talked about several undefeated teams. I want to mention an undefeated team that is not going to make the college football playoff, despite the fact that I think they're going to go undefeated. The Falcons? James Madison Dukes. Oh, the Dukes. I thought you were talking well, about Air Force. Okay. Well, the Falcons, uh, listen, I think the Falcons are are going to make if they keep going, they're going to be the the group of five representative in the New Year's Six. And if there were a twelve team playoff, they'd be making it. They're going to be uh, in an arm. They're going to be in an arm wrestling match with Tulane, I think. Yeah, but the Falcons are going to be undefeated. If they lose, then I think Tulane probably jumps them. But the Falcons went to snowy Colorado State, snowy Fort Collins, got pelted. And, yeah, did got, you see that? They threw flags on, on the Colorado State fans for throwing snowballs at the Air Force players. They went on the P, they went on the PA system multiple times and warned the fans to stop throwing snowballs at at Air at Air Force players. And then it got so bad they had to literally throw an unsportsmanlike flag penalty uh, in the third quarter. Now, uh, unbelievable. In football equipment, I don't think a snowball does a lot of damage unless somebody no, you right. battery inside it, but. I, I don't think it's it's that bad of a deal, but it was a beautiful backdrop, and Air Force again just keeps going. So we'll see if they can keep rolling. But I want to talk about JMU. This is the closest anybody's been to them. Old Dominion gave them a fight, but JMU wins thirty to twenty seven. They are now eight and zero, five and zero in the Sun Belt. They're not allowed to play in a bowl game. It's the stupidest thing ever. They need to let them play in a bowl game. Don't you, don't you, uh, I, I concur. I, I rubber stamp that, that, uh, sentiment. I would also add if the NCAA doesn't relent and they won't allow them to play, I think they ought to schedule a game with Jackson, Jacksonville State. Jacksonville State. That would Hawaii. be awesome. Yes. Play, play, go, go play in Hawaii. Yeah. What are they, go, what are they going to, uh, what are the NCAA going to do to them if they just schedule a game and go play? Like, how are they going to stop know. them? They, they they should have two middle fingers up at them because if you're not going to let them play, I understand the sentiment behind the rule because they don't want teams just taking money to jump up and, and into the FBS. But when you clearly have been one of the best or if not the best team in your conference the last two years, yeah, let the boys play. Right, and it the, the Sun Belt's a good Boone, league. Let the boys play. Like they're they're not running through. A league that is, you know, no, a bunch of, you know, FCS teams. They they are running through a good FBS league. I don't know. It, you're right. It let them do it. Let them play. It's it's crazy that they don't. Because one of the other things you're trying to avoid is you don't want like a an FCS team that has like a senior heavy roster to jump up, play in a bowl game, jump back down. They're not jumping back down. They clearly have the resources in place. They are a dominant program in a good league. Yeah, the rule exists for teams like Sam Houston State that you know can't get right. a win right now and keep coughing up potential wins. But there should be some sort of exemption for programs yeah. like James Madison that dominated FCS and then come up and they just keep kicking the tails off these teams, even in FBS. So. All right, Jesse, we, we've covered this week pretty thoroughly. Let's turn the page to next week because it's a it's a huge week on the field. Huge week on the field. Alabama LSU could determine the SEC West. Uh, you've got Missouri going to Georgia. You've got USC Washington. 
You've Kansas got State, Texas. Kansas State, Texas. Bedlam. Bedlam. Maybe the last Bedlam for a long, long time. The, it's going to be a huge week on the field. Michigan plays Purdue. Michigan's back on the field for the first time since all of this broke. All of the Connor Stallions and, and all of it. That is going to be wild. Jim Harbaugh has to come get in front of a microphone. On Monday. On Monday. That is going to be wild. What will he say, pray tell? Oh, he's going to say, I didn't know anything, and I can't comment on an NCAA investigation. You're covered there. But the other question is, what's going on behind the scenes? What are the other Big Ten teams saying to Big Ten Commissioner Tony Petiti, who is really the only person who can do anything now? But would you do anything now? Because I don't think you'd want to hurt one of your own teams that could potentially win the national title for you. Yeah, I'm I, I'm there with you. I'm ve- I'm very skeptical that any punishment could be doled out by the Big Ten because they have zero impetus to do no. so. They they want they want Michigan and that brand playing. No, I'm I'm sure Ohio game. State and, and Penn State and Nebraska and oh, everybody for sure. else furious, but it's yeah, yeah. This is going to be. This well, does week the faucet of information keep dripping too? Because right. you know it, it it got turned it got turned off because the games this weekend, mm-hmm. but I think there's going to be some of these insiders that have been breaking this stuff. Does that faucet get turned back on? You know, that well, story that the Washington post dumped mm-hmm. was extremely enlightening. And if they have that sort of information, here's a reporter's hunch that they're going to get more because they, right. you're, you're talking to some insiders. If you're talking to folks that somehow have access to what it has been seen on Michigan's computers. Exactly. And, I think at this point, there's so much stuff out there that is, you would have thought was unbelievable that has been proven already. Like when that Oregon guy posts the random screenshot, the Oregon fan posts a screenshot on Scoop Duck, doesn't even realize what he's posting. Because he's like, he's like, oh, this must happen everywhere. Last year, we were at the Oregon-Washington game and this guy was in front of us filming the Oregon sideline. And it turns out he was in a seat by like Connor Stallions. Like the guy had no clue. Some Tennessee fan and posted in the, a Volquest. Tennessee Volquest. Yeah. yeah. That, that somebody had basically outlined the whole thing to them in December. <laughs> and, and they posted it. And everybody's like, yeah, that sounds like hooey. But no, 100% true. Golly. It is. It, Spicy. That, that story's wild. It's gotten to the point where you you almost believe anything that comes out because it's been so bizarre. So I yeah, there there is more to come with that one. More stuff's going to happen between now and then. And then you've got, you know, the the Pac 2, like Oregon State, Washington State gonna move forward as the Pac 2. That's incredible. Well, also on Michigan, one last thing, I mean, you also have at the same time dueling scandals with the FBI in town right. with all the Matt Weiss stuff. Right. And that's and that, just an ad and that's just an added like distraction fall, you know. And are whatever. we are we it's sure another- they're not related? I know that the, the University of Michigan police said one's not related to the other. Are we positive that of that yet? 
I don't think we are. I don't know. It's it it's it's a web it's a it's a it's a web of something up there. Yeah, it will be a very interesting week in a lot of places. And yes, then we get to Saturday. The games are going to be bonkers because, like Alabama LSU is going to be crazy. We don't know what Alabama is going to show up. We know LSU can score like crazy. We also LSU know LSU gives up points like crazy. Uh, USC Washington, like Washington has struggled these past two weeks to win. And USC, the defense has to play against those receivers and Michael Penix Jr. Like that game is going to be wild. The Texas-Kansas State game. Texas still playing with a backup quarterback. Kansas State is crushing people right now. And then you even have you even have I mean, like we didn't talk about this one because it's not, it's whatever. They were supposed to win. They were 17-point favorites. Texas AM beat South Carolina. Oh, yeah. Okay. You took you took care of business. You took care now of you business. Now you gotta play Ole Miss. Well, now, now you gotta play Ole Miss. Yeah. And so what happens if Lane, you know, r- runs it up there uh in Oxford on, on Jimbo? That's again, that just there's storylines galore, Andy. Storylines galore. Jesse, I cannot wait. Can't wait guys we'll talk to you sunday night madness is here say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed it's time to go dancing on america's number one sports book right now new customers get 200 dollars in bonus bets if you're First $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York.